Hello there, this is Milena, and welcome to another episode of Scientific Mavericks Podcast, where it is my pleasure to introduce an incredibly talented team of thought leaders and innovators who are at the forefront of reinventing the way retail companies and channels make business decisions today. Hybris mantra is data has a better idea, and since its inception in 2015, Hybris introduced world's first AI solutions leveraging retail genome, its proprietary algorithm networks and prescriptive analytics with the goal to automate business decisions and help retail companies increase their returns on retail space investment. Hybris spun out of Data61 and is backed by the Coca-Cola company. Number 204 in the Deloitte 2018 Asia-Pacific Technology Fast 500 ranking, Hivery has been repeatedly recognized as an Australian startup to watch for, and last year, Export Council of Australia awarded Hivery for its contributions to the international trade and New South Wales economy. It is my great pleasure to welcome Shantanu Basari for today's episode. In two years' time since joining Hivery as an intern, Sean has become the Director of Vending Analytics the world's first artificial intelligence product in vending machine management. Vending analytics allows users to optimize their entire vending machine fleet and individual inventory in seconds. Sean has graduated from Manipal Institute of Technology with a bachelor's degree in information technology and since has worked and lived in India, Serbia, Switzerland, and now Australia. To kick this episode off, Sean will first share the dearest memory he holds from when he lived in India? So living in India was obviously very different from um, living in Australia and in other Western countries. And the dearest memory that I have from my time there was living in a joint family. Now there's this concept mostly prevalent in the Indian subcontinent where families live together. Many generations and cousins of a family live in the same household. And obviously the household is also really big with a lot of rooms. Um, So the fondest memory, and I still live in one when I go back to India, is being part of this really colorful uh, family with living with lots of people, living in the same house, sharing my meals with my cousins, playing around with my cousins who were of the same age in the garden, playing a lot of sports together and just celebrating all the festivals together, including celebrations, all joys and sorrows. That was actually a really unique experience for me, and um, I always remember back fondly to those days when I was with them. I think a few lessons I learned from from my time there, just building relationships with everyone, um, which is still useful right now for me. Yeah, it sounds like a very unique experience. I can imagine that you get to build very strong relationships with your family. It teaches you just interacting with so many people, and especially your family definitely teaches you a lot of patience and acceptance and understanding (laughs) and other qualities that you get to apply when you are actually building relationships with people who are not related to you. So that must be very precious. Exactly. I think my biggest takeaway from all of that experience is diplomacy. <laughs> Somehow coming out of that, out of my entire childhood, I think I've realized that I can handle diplomacy well and I can not only say the right things, but say the right things in the right way, um, which is really important when the stakes are high. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. So when you lived in India, you also pursued your bachelor's degree in information technology and graduated from Manipal Institute of Technology. How did you make your choice in regard to pursuing that academic path? I think since I was a child, I was a bit different from my other friends. Um, all of them either wanted to be, you know, uh, the usual childhood dreams of either a doctor or an astronaut or a scientist and, and so on and so forth. I think throughout my childhood and into my teenage years, I, I wanted to be everything, not only be a doctor, but, you know, learn about medical, learn about finance, learn about technology, learn about legal and just dig deep into every field that I possibly could. And information technology, I felt, was built a strong base for me to then um, pursue all my interests in these fields. If you think about it, the common thread in this day and age between all of this is actually information technology. It's technology and innovation, which actually binds them together. So that was, I think, the primary reason why I pursued this career in IT. While you were pursuing your bachelor's, you've also had internships every year. So as a more general question, what is the biggest takeaway from all of these experiences that you were able to carry over? I think my father instilled in me the importance of um, internships and, and working in order to gain experience. And I was lucky enough to actually work in different countries. Uh, so I did a stint in India. I did some work in Serbia, Switzerland, and now Australia. And I think the biggest takeaway from all of that is actually the cultural similarity of um, people. We talk about cultural differences and how uh, one group's different from the other. But what I realized, of course, yes, there are major cultural differences. Um, you know, if you consider especially unique cultures such as Japanese culture or Chinese or Indian culture, these are very different from other Western cultures. But I, through this entire process, I learned that basic human emotions are actually very similar across geography and across different cultures. The need to feel happy, um, the need for friendship, the need for appreciation, all of these very basic human emotions are quite similar across all the cultures that I've, that I've had access to and been part of. That's an excellent way to put it because I started traveling quite a bit since I was a, a kid and then I started living by myself when I was 14 and I moved to England from Russia and from that point I moved to Indonesia and I lived in Australia for a bit and then uh, based myself in the U.S. and I think it definitely takes a lot of maturity to understand what you were just talking about, about the basic human emotions and needs. And whoever listens to us, I hope that they will <laughs> absorb that advice <laughs> and follow and follow with that because it definitely makes it easier to build rapport and establish relationships with people when you actually think that they're not so different from you than you actually think they are. <laughs> On a different note, when I was doing my research, I came across your uh, license in scuba diving, and that's amazing. And I just want to hear more about that experience. I'm always very fascinated with water, you know, the, the ocean and the sea, and the sheer massiveness of water bodies and potential energy that is stored within all of that water. And I actually hadn't done diving before. I've never gone really beneath the surface of the ocean. 
And I thought being in Australia, being so close to the Great Barrier Reef was a great opportunity to do that. And I didn't want to have a sort of a touristy experience. I actually wanted to learn diving and and do it across a number of days. I did my training course, which was over four days, plus an additional two days for online training, um, and then followed it up with four to five dives um, in the Great Barrier Reef, which was just an amazing experience. If you've not dived before, I can highly recommend diving because it's a whole different world um, beneath the surface of the water. Yeah, I surf, so I'm definitely also connected to the water just in a different way. Uh, recently, I've been watching a few documentaries because now scientists discover more species and just the technology back in the day did not allow to actually investigate the depths where you don't see any light. And now the species that they come across are so fascinating. And uh, yeah, I've been watching a ton of documentaries by David Attenborough. And uh, there's a TED talk on this research, and she was um, looking for a giant octopus. And people dedicate their lives to that. And I, I understand their passion. It's super fascinating. I would also want to talk more about your career progression at Hivery. You joined as an intern in November 2017, and now you're the product director of Vending Analytics and a member of the senior leadership team. So could you just share more about your career progression? It's been it's been an interesting last two years at Hivery. I've got so many learning opportunities by my managers here and by the the senior leadership team here that it's really been an amazing journey for me. Um, I started off as an intern when I joined the company in 2017. Um, very quickly got a full-time offer to join as a software developer um, after my internship or just in the middle of my internship actually. Worked as a software developer, started slowly going towards the business side of things. Um, so moved to a tech lead position very quickly. Um, so owning the, all the technology for our for our US market, for our flagship product was my next role after software developer. Then soon after that, I moved to product manager, um, which was really responsible for the product as a whole for vending analytics, which is our flagship product for all markets. And then recently um, been given a really nice opportunity, which I'm very thankful for, to step up, join the senior leadership team, but also lead this product end-to-end. So um, be part of the sales, marketing, product building, engineering, all aspects of end-to-end leadership of uh, vending analytics for, for Japanese, US, Australian, and all other new markets we expand to. So I'm really excited about this opportunity, and we've got big ambitions for our product. Just to dive a little deeper into your role, how would you personally describe it? Uh, what does it entail? So one of the primary objectives of um, of this role would be to grow this product. Um, so the product that I am in charge of, um, Vending Analytics, is our most mature product. This is the product that we started with. We've already got a solid base of customers. We've got our software up and ready, a great engineering team. But now I think we need to really step that up, get the wind behind our back and and grow this product, expand to other markets, expand to other customers and really um, grow the revenue of, of this particular product. So I think that will be the primary focus and obviously building a great team around around myself will be excited to 
work on this and excited for other opportunities at Hivery. Who is currently a part of your team uh, working on vending analytics? We've got a great development team for vending analytics and they um, led by Artum uh, and they do a great job in managing both um, customer expectations and feature development. So it's, you know, it's very hard um, for the development team to focus, let alone on one aspect. So a lot of development teams just focus on developing the, the product um, while others focus on um, servicing the customer and doing customer, helping with customer success. While the team led by uh, led by Atom and everyone in it, they do a great job actually managing both of them at the same time. So it's while it's a tough job uh, and a tough challenge, they do they do really come out well. And I've been lucky to um to be a part of that same team uh, who are so talented and so good at what they do. Are you looking for anyone to join your team anytime soon? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we we expanding our team, um, specifically the product um, team for vending analytics. Uh, we've got uh, an exciting candidate who'll join at the beginning of next year to further service our customers better and uh, set up processes that'll help us in the long run. You were talking about vending analytics and saying that it's the most mature product that Hivery has and that you now have a very wide customer base. And if you could provide an example how introducing this product into the operations of another firm has transformed the way they do business today. It's not only a product that changes um, a customer, it's actually disruptive technology. So for a long period of time, the vending business was, uh, operators used to do the same thing again and again. They used to have um, set planograms. So all the vending machines used to be the same. And the only difference would would be taken on the basis of demographics. Machines used to be divided then based on um, the income group or the, or the racial group or the religious group that is accessing those machines. And then with vending analytics in the picture, we actually take all of that demographics out because we believe that there's an element of human bias involved in in looking at it from uh, from the demographics aspect. We as humans, uh, we we find it easy to categorize people into certain buckets um, so that we can think rationally about things. Our belief is you won't get the best results if you categorize people and things in that manner or just let the data gain those insights on its own um, and suggest the best the best planogram or the best products for your machine rather than you biasing the data in, in a certain way. Yeah, so it's really changed the thinking behind um, how operators look at, look at vending machines and look at vending analytics. While it was a very mechanical set process before, with the change that we've brought, it's become more technology friendly, it's become more data oriented and definitely more dynamic and in tune with uh, with today's times. So you've mentioned that um, you completely took out demographics categorization. Is there anything else that vending analytics pretty much disagrees with the way that a lot of retail companies do business today? And um, I would also love to hear if you could possibly share how instead do you categorize? A lot of retail companies, they have, they have the same 
the same set of products available everywhere. So, you know, because it's easy on their operations um, and easy to operationalize these, it's very easy to put exactly the same products in all machines and put the best selling products in all machines. We, on the other hand, powered by our data insights or powered by algorithms have always shown that a, a product that might sell well at a particular location or in a particular vending machine might not sell well in the same machine. And I did, in fact, I did a recent analysis for one of our customers in a shopping mall and found that in a vending machine that is present in the second floor of a shopping mall, the products that are kept there are very different to the products that are kept on the third floor of the same parking lot in the same shopping mall. So on the second floor, you have a lot of your regular sparkling drinks, um, your Coke, Sprite, Fanta, whereas on the third floor, your energy drinks, your isotonics, your water products were selling really well. And we thought, why? Why does this happen? It's the same mall and it's the same people. Why are the products selling profile so different? And we did a bit of a field visit and we found out that actually on the third floor, there's a gym. So people, as they either walking in the walking into the gym or walking out of the gym, need their energy or need their water in order to be hydrated. Whereas on the second floor, it's just families going into shop for the day and having their regular Coke and Sprite and other um, sparkling drinks. We've seen this time and again, um, you know, in hospitals, whereas operators in the past would have the same products available in two machines, one in the patient waiting area and one in the doctor's break room. We, Hyvery now suggests completely different planograms for those two machines. In the patient waiting area, again, you would want your standard drinks such as your sparkling and your Coke and fire, uh, and your Fantas and maybe even water. Whereas on the doctor's break room, which is mostly accessed uh, due to the long hours for doctors in general, they want their energy drinks, they want their coffees. The location really doesn't matter. It's the Unless you look at the micro location, the overall macro location does not matter. We just believe in letting the data deliver the insights, looking at uh, historical sales. Are there any ups and downs that you want to share with our audience um, just in general as your time while being a part of Hivery or everything that led up to that? Yeah, no, there have been uh, there have been a lot of ups. I think I tend to be a generally optimistic person, so I'll focus more on the ups. Uh, it's been a really nice journey for me. And as I said, so much learning. If I think about how I was a couple of years ago and how much I knew, I think I've learned uh, through this process and actually um, grown exponentially in, in, in the different uh, fields I've been involved with. So all I can be is a really appreciative of the opportunities that were presented to me and um, thankful to the senior leadership team at Hivery who gave me all these opportunities. So I would agree that being a part of Hivery is an amazing experience. I've also myself grown a lot. I joined as an intern. I'm not in my full-time role or anything like that, but I got to build something that wasn't there before, which is the podcast. And um, I've been really enjoying the initiative and actually seeing my progression, how sort of I approach the recording from the very first recording that I've had to how I approach it now. And um, it wouldn't be possible without Hyvery because I was given this opportunity. It came out of me, but uh, Frankie was 
gracious enough to offer me to do it for Hyvory. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. I'll take it. I was very intimidated at first, <laughs> but then um, I was able to put it together. And um, I would say that being a part of Hyvory is definitely an amazing experience and that it helps you to learn a lot and wear multiple hats and actually sort of navigate and see what you like to do. So I would say that if you join as a in particular role and I joined as like a marketing role, it would not necessarily always stay that way. You get a lot of freedom to explore what you actually like doing. Yeah, no, that's that's actually a very interesting point. I think the reason why I enjoyed my time at Ivory so much, I felt you're not pigeonholed um, here. Like you start off as an engineer, you don't have to stick to that. You can actually express your interest and move um, between different roles which was, um, I think, a distinct advantage that startups in general have, but also in particular in Hivery, where we actually encourage people to explore their other interests um, and learn from it. What are your some other thoughts about working for an Australian startup? Yeah, I think I already said how much I love Australia, the fun, casual atmosphere that it has. As you know already, I love water, so I think the Australian, the Australia part of Australian startup works really well. And in terms of working for a startup, to be honest, that's that's all I know. That's all I wanted to do all my life. I've actually never worked at a, at a larger company. Um, and I don't, I think it'll be difficult for me to, because by now I've expected things to move fast and at a certain speed and at a certain space. And I feel at startups, you actually can do that where, you can uh, deliberate on something, make a decision with a lot of information and data at your disposal. But then once you've made a decision, really get started on it soon um, to carry it forward, which which is why I love working at a startup. Yeah, I would agree that uh, startups definitely move fast. And that also requires uh, having a certain personality because you do often have to be a self-starter and be okay with uncertainty and uh, be okay with not necessarily knowing if this is the right way you are doing things and being okay with not having someone who's going to tell you how to do something. Like <laughs> give you yeah. an, an instruction list, you know, and expect you to follow <laughs> the procedure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like if, you know, you were talking about ups and downs, maybe if if you can, if you want to consider this as a, as a down, I don't, um, but... It is intimidating because, you know, if you, I joined the company when I think we were way smaller than what we are today. There were about 12 to 15 employees. And on my first day, I was handed a laptop and said, we need, you know, we need something done by the end of the day. And that was my entire onboarding process. And obviously now we've got, you know, an entire process behind it. And, you know, we onboard people properly for two weeks. But initially when you join a smaller startup, while it is intimidating and there's overwhelming because there's so much to do and so many things to learn um, with with little processes behind it. I think that was also what fueled my learning and really getting things done hands-on. Do you have any plans to move somewhere else? Um, yeah, I think once you have the travel bug, you're really not, you're not satisfied for a long, long time. So I, I'm not sure where where work takes me next. We've got a few interesting opportunities and expansion plans, um, both in US and Japan. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about where where my work could take me next, and um, 
I think the next few months are very critical for us as a product team and as a company as a whole. I think it's a key decision time for some of our major customers, which will actually define where we move and how we move in the future. So there'll be more clarity in the next two to three months, depending on what new customers we can bring on. Yeah, well, I mean, this is just, I guess, being a part of a startup, there's always a bit of uncertainty and very high expectations, but also a lot of excitement. Yeah, there's always uncertainty. You you never know um, where you end up at. You never know how you know how your product ends up at. But there are always big ambitions and always um, exciting things to look forward to. Um, and obviously, being part of a great team uh, helps as well to mask that uncertainty because you feel you know being actually part of a team and working towards something. You can now request a demo on Hivery.com under our Solutions Vending Analytics page. To learn more about Vending Analytics product, I highly recommend also listening to Artem Golubev's episode on engineering and how it influences leadership. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Stay tuned and till the next time, everyone.